One thing as a priest I love to do is I love to teach. Teaching is one of my favorite things. And not out of like any sense I want to play gotcha, but I kind of do want to play gotcha for a second here. Um, last week and for the previous few weeks, we were going through the, the Gospel of John chapter 6. And when anybody who really wants to know what it means to be a Catholic, that's your go-to Gospel, right? And Jesus in the, in the, in the Gospel of John, uh, he does some very strange things. I just want to review that because we're not in the Gospel of John anymore. We're in the Gospel of Mark. But I think it's important to know where we came from and then also where we're going. John chapter 6, Jesus takes bread and wine, right? And he feeds 5,000 people. And the miracle there is that they are still hungry after he, he feeds them. They're, they're made for a deeper food. Like, they're made for more. And theologians have said that when it comes to that miracle, the transformation, it wasn't counting the women and the children. So when we, we come to know that, we know that that means probably every man was married, so now you're looking at about 10,000 people, and there's no birth control, there's no abortion, so that you're looking at between 25,000 and 50,000 people. This is crazy. Like, that should, like, blow our minds that Jesus did that. But nonetheless, the people still keep coming to Jesus, and they keep prompting him for more because there's still an ache in their heart for more. And that's, I think, what a lot of us are asking in our lives right now, is, is there more to life than this? After this pandemic, we're asking, is, is there more to life than this? And the answer is, absolutely, like, yes, there is more to life than this. And Jesus does some strange things. Um, I don't know what Jesus teaches about how to make friends, but I, I don't think he's very good at it sometimes because he's not afraid to tell the truth. He says, if you, if you, um, if you eat my flesh and drink my blood, um, then you have life in you. But if you don't do that, you don't have life in you. So just in general, a principle in life, if you want to make friends, don't tell people to eat you, right? It's, a kind, of, it's kind of a strange thing, right? Um, and, and Jesus, again, he does that, and he says, I am the bread of life that has come down from heaven, which basically means that I love you so much, I want to be inside of you. So love comes out of you, right? So that you know that that hole in your heart that all of us have, all of us have this hole in our heart, the corniest analogy ever, I know. But you all, all of us have a hole in our heart that only God can fill. And all of us believe in lies that we think, um, you know, as we look at our gospel today, uh, if, if I do unchaste things, that'll make me happy, right? Um, if I steal things, if I, if I have more stuff, that'll make me happy. You know, um, if that person just didn't exist, murder is, is, is shown in our gospel today, that'll make me happy. Or adultery, you know, like my wife or my spouse or my husband not really going to make me happy anymore, so I, no one will catch me. And the emptiness settles in. The, the ache in the heart keeps, keeps growing. Greed. If I just have more money, then I'll be happy. I don't even looked around at all at, at like Hollywood or like billionaires. There's some of the most miserable people, by the way. Why would you want like tons of money? Unless you're going to be generous with it, help people who really need it. Malice. Right? I'm just going to take all this peaceful situation here. I'm just going to destroy it because that'll make me happy, right? Or deceit. Right? To, to, or licentious fear. Well, licentiousness means like to gossip. I know nobody here struggles with that, right? But you know, like other communities, like, you know, like in Minnesota or Michigan or Illinois, those <laughs> awful people, um, gossip, right? If I just detract from someone's character, I steal from their character, that'll make me happy. Envy. 
Envy is different than jealousy. What is jealousy? Jealousy is I want what that person has. Envy says that um, I don't want that person to have that, and I want them to suffer. If I'm more envious, that'll make me happy. Blasphemy, saying awful things against God, right? Untruths, that'll make me happy. Or arrogance, you know, if I just think that I'm better than other people, you know, look at me, I'm amazing, just to get attention from myself, that'll make me happy. Or folly, to be a fool, right? Not to live in wisdom, as we heard in our first reading and in our second reading. Wisdom, to, live, to know that there is more to life than this. And, and you and I, we, we learn about who God is and who he is, uh, not just through Jesus, but also through his closest followers, known as the saints. Now, I don't know about you, how you grew up, but I came from a family we church hopped. We were just trying to find a priest who was on fire, who was in love with Jesus, who would tell us the truth. And I went to a lot of churches. I went to St. Thomas Aquinas. I went to St. Mary's, St. Dominic's. But the names were just names. I didn't really get to know the, the saints. And one of my favorite saints, who's also the patron I picked when I was ordained a deacon, was St. Augustine. And St. Augustine is our, is our saint today. And it's always important that we honor the saints. Um, so we come to know that they're, they're, they're so real and they're so understandable. And they have a lot to teach us so we can remember that there's more to life than this. One of St. Augustine's most famous quotes ever. Mind you, he was a bad boy gone God, right? I can relate to that. Um, and he, he had a, a really powerful quote, and I want you to listen to this for a second. This is what he says after crazy amounts of sin, crazy amounts of debauchery, crazy amounts of emptiness. And after a long time of having his mother, Monica, pray for him, he came up with this prayer. He said, Lord, you have created us for yourself. We're, we're created for, for oneness with God. And he says, and our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. That means that until we rest in God, until we surrender, until we let God be God, we let go and let God, you will not be happy. This is a guy who had a concubine, right? This is a, a guy who indulged in the sins of the flesh and found it empty. And when we look at him, that means that he's here to teach us something today because this is his feast day. And St. Augustine said that quote, and I want to ask you a question because that means that you and I all believe in some lies that other things will make us happy as Jesus points to in our gospel. What lie do you believe in that if you fill, fill your life with it more, it'll make you happy? And clearly it's not. What lie do you believe in that if you keep doing it, it'll make you happy? When clearly it's not. You and I are created for the truth. And what does Jesus say? He says, I am the truth. I am the way, the truth, and life. And he says... The truth will set you free, not good feelings. Not good feelings, right? Did it feel good for the truth to be nailed to the cross for your sins and my sins? No, but he did out of love because he'd rather be with you forever than apart from you. In, in, in St. Saint, in Saint Augustine, he teaches how to be pure, how to be purified, how to become the saint that you and I are created to be. I'm not very smart, and I love books that make books easier to read. So one of my books I've always read, um, St. Augustine has a book called The Confessions. It's, it's like his autobiography. And 
there is a, a, a doctor at Boston University, he's named Dr. Peter Kraft, and he has a book called I Burned for Your Peace. It says, Augustine's Confessions Unpacked, which is basically means Augustine's Confessions for Dummies. So I'm like, sweet, sign me up, I got that. But one part about um, Augustine's life, and, the, and the kind of how this book goes, if you ever want to look at it, he takes a bold section, a little section of what Augustine wrote, and he puts it in dummy form, like in, in like not bold letters. So I'm like, sweet, I can understand that. Um, but one thing he says about Augustine is when Augustine, um, he had a, an, an encounter in his life when he realized what his sin did to other people. And Augustine had um, an, an opportunity in life where he was tempted by his friends. He had bad friends. He wasn't the worst of them. But he was actually ashamed to be ashamed. That's, that's where he was at in his life as a young, young teenager. And, and he says that there was a pear tree near a vineyard, heavy with fruit, but fruit that was not particularly tempting either to look at or to taste. He says him and his friends carried off an immense load of pears, right? Not to eat, for we barely tasted them before throwing them to the hogs, the pigs, that is. He says our only pleasure in doing it was that it was forbidden. He says, such was my heart, O God. Let that heart now tell you what it sought when I was thus evil for no object, no purpose, having no cause for wrongdoing, save my wrongness seeking no profit from wickedness, but only to be wicked. As St. Augustine is, is reflecting on his life, he comes to realize how that sin affected other people. Oftentimes we think, oh, my sin doesn't hurt anyone. If you think that you're wrong. And Augustine had this acute awareness how when he had his, his, this first sin, how it led to everything else in his life. And he came to, to realize that how it affected other people too. And if you and I had that, it's, it's called an illumination of conscience. He had absolute contrition. He had total awareness. He wept bitterly over his sins when he encountered Jesus and he realized what his sins had done to himself and to those around him, in particular, his mom. On her deathbed when she was dying, he wept because he knew of the heartache he was causing her. I wonder about us and about, you know, those states like, you know, like Michigan and Illinois, if it's just that we just stop gossiping, if that's one sin we could stop looking at. Because we hear in our gospel today, Jesus goes back to the prophets, and people don't like prophets because they speak the truth and they give out warnings out of love. And Jesus says, well, did Isaiah prophesy about you hypocrites? Again, not a great way to make friends. To call people hypocrites means actors. It means you're being a bunch of phonies, right? He says, This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship, teaching as doctrines, as human precepts. When you leave here, will you still be a Christian? When you go home, will you remember that you just received the body and blood of Jesus? Will you honor the Lord from your heart and then let your, your lips do that good news to other people? Or will we just blend in with the rest of the world? Jesus, because he loves us, he wants us to be challenged. 
Are you going to be a person this week and the rest of your life who honors Jesus with your lips? Oh, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. But as soon as you see something you disagree with, you judge them. And you start talk, like gossiping about them. What do we need? We need forgiveness. And we need a lot of prayer. And it's one thing to talk about it, but again, I like to teach. I just want to teach you a little prayer I learned a week, a week and a half ago at the Encounter Conference that our diocese was running. And I want you to, to think of what Jesus said. He, said. he said, hear me, all of you, and understand. If you can do this one thing this week, you're going to have a better week. Because there's so much power in prayer. And there's so much power in not falling over these sins and believing the lie that these, these things will make us happy. Sin will make us happy. Sin never makes you more. It always makes you less. So I'd just like to, to close with a, a little prayer here and a little impetus for you to move forward, something you need to try. And the one thing that the devil loves it is when you quit. So my encouragement is don't quit. Keep doing this, one thing. So I just, just to do a prayer real quick, because the name of Jesus, even just saying the name of Jesus, is powerful, and it convicts hearts. So you and I start living from our heart, and out of that love, out of our lips comes more love. Not judgment, not gossip, not adultery, right? So what I'd like you to do is just to, if you want to close your eyes, you can. When I pray, I do. It's a normal thing to do. If you don't want to, you don't have to. But I want you just to ask Jesus, who's one person you gossiped about recently that you need to forgive? So if I was praying this prayer, Jesus, please reveal to me one person I gossiped about recently that I need to forgive or ask for forgiveness from. Usually a memory will come up or a text message that you sent you shouldn't have sent will come up and Jesus is saying, call them and ask for their forgiveness. And why do we do these things? We do these things because if this word doesn't leap off the page into your heart and come out of your hands and your feet, what are we? Ugh. That means we're the hypocrites. We're the actors. We're the phonies. And our world needs authentic Catholicism so bad. It needs authentic Christians so bad. And that means we got to do what Jesus taught us, what he came to do. He came to teach us you can be forgiven. There's not any sins outside of his reach. And you can look at the lives of saints. Some had pure lives their whole life, and some had lives where you'd be like, whoa, like, that's me in a book. That's when I read this book. I'm like, ooh, i got to close it sometimes, right? But if we actually practice our faith, the world will change. And how's the world change? The world changes once you start changing. And it just takes those little steps in faith, taking risks in faith, and trusting Jesus, that he is who he says he is. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And as St. Augustine became more aware of how sin worked in his life, how it how it affected other people, if you and I were aware of that, we wouldn't sin at all. 
because it's so destructive and it's so tempting, but it ruins people, like literally. And instead of trying to attack every single sin, what if you and I just started with gossiping? If that's a struggle for you, and I'm not perfect at it either, even as a priest, but I work on it, if that's a struggle for you, I encourage you maybe to do that prayer. Jesus, please reveal to me one person I need to ask for forgiveness for for gossiping about them, but then to go do it. And if you find yourself in the moment detracting, stealing from someone's character, just do this. Make the sign of the cross over your lips and ask the Lord to bless your lips. Last thing I just want to share with you is it's, this, is, this is hard. <laughs> this is not easy. But I don't, think, I don't think any of us want an easy faith. I think we want a, a faith that, that challenges us. And some of the saints often said, you know, him today, me tomorrow, right? Talking about sins that people commit. It's so easy to call people out on sins and then think, oh my gosh, what a moron. How could they do that? And then you're doing the same thing the next day or even the next hour or even the next minute, right? So it's always important that we accuse ourselves and we start with forgiveness. For freedom comes from forgiveness. And forgiveness will teach us that your heart and my heart are made for Jesus. And nothing else will satisfy that ache in our heart. And the saints knew that. And here's the thing. In just a moment, you're going to receive Jesus. Unworthy as I am, calling down the Holy Spirit, that bread and wine changes. You get to eat Jesus, consume him. But as our saints teach us, what did St. Maximilian Kolbe teach us about the, about the, the Eucharist? He said, it's not, the, it's not me that consumes the Eucharist. It's the Eucharist that consumes me. All of my sins, all of my fears, all of my anxieties. Because a God that loves me wouldn't want to be apart from me. He'd want to be in me at all times to remain with me. So when I get out in the parking lot, I never forget that love. And because of that love, that forgiveness, I live differently. Whatever that lie is that you believe in that will make you happy, or lies are that you believe will make you happy, just encourage you to, to place them on the altar in your spiritual heart. The mystics, the saints of our church, often see us at Mass. And each of us have a guardian angel. And our guardian angels carry our prayers onto the altar. But the sad thing is, they say, they say that a lot of people, I'm sure not here, of course, but other places, right? Their guardian angels come forward with nothing. And typically what I found, typically what I found is when people come forward with no prayers in their guardian angels' hands and they don't bring anything forward, they call the Mass boring. How could receiving the body and blood of Jesus be boring? I don't get that. This is crazy love, either placed on your hand or in your tongue to consume all your fear, to consume all your worries, and to encourage you. That when you see things like Afghanistan going on, you drop to your knees and you pray for them because of how good God is to you. Could you imagine right now being, you know, a, a, a wife who just lost her husband in Afghanistan? Could you imagine being a mother or a father who just lost their child or a brother or sister who just lost their sibling or their dad? We have it so good here in America. And we should honor God's love for our nation by praying for those who are hurting and to believe in the truth and not to believe in lies. Take a moment of silence to place those lies on this altar.
in thanksgiving and gratitude that Jesus loves us so much that he wants to transform our lives in the truth. He wants to transform our fears into faith as he changes the wine and the, and the bread into his blood and body. Amen.